We're chatting with Britt Giroli about the Nationals and covering baseball in a pandemic. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three cold brews yet. It works great in a fantasy. Three. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball 15 for Wednesday, September 30th. I'm Al Melchior, and I'm here with Derek Van Riper, and also very, very happy that we are both here with a special guest today. We've got Britt Giroli here. She is uh, the beat writer covering the Nationals and Major League Baseball for The Athletic, also a long, was a longtime uh, Orioles beat writer, and uh, she completes the uh, Big Ten trifecta here in the, uh, in the <laughs> studio, so uh, representing the Big Ten nicely here today. Yeah. So uh, welcome, Britt. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I see your Michigan hat. Uh, Derek's got the Brewers gear on. <laughs> Had I known, I would have worn some Spartan stuff. Um, I feel wholly unprepared for this now. Yeah, that that is my bad. Something I definitely should have thought <laughs> of uh, ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> so, well, we got a lot to to get to here, Britt. And, and you know, one of the things I've really wanted to do over these next couple of weeks, um, and, and you're going to be... I suppose our first guinea pig to, uh, you know, deal with the issue here. But um, really want, want to talk to a range of people about what it was like to cover this season, to, you know, deal with the season and whatever line of work you're in in baseball, um, because it obviously is very different from anything that we've, we've dealt with before. So what was uh, among what I'm sure were the many challenges? What was the most challenging thing to deal with this year? Probably the lack of access. Uh, I don't think people realize, especially in baseball, you get more access than any other sport. Uh, in a normal year, a 7 p.m. game, I'm in the clubhouse, in the locker room, talking to guys for at least an hour at home, for an hour 15, an hour 20 sometimes on the road. Then you're talking to the manager in person. You are watching batting practice, and you are able to collect interviews and notes and nuggets and stuff off of that as well. So the biggest challenge for me, especially with the athletic, uh, is we're always trying to zig when other people zag. And that was incredibly difficult in in an era of Zoom where they would say, okay, here's what we're doing. We're getting Davey Martinez today. Sometimes we didn't even get players pregame. So I had to work the phones a lot. I had to uh, really rely on pre-existing relationships with people, really get creative with stories. Otherwise, things were going to go stale. Um, you, you guys all know, I think anyone listening to this has probably had to use zoom over this period here. And it's not the same as face to face interaction. It's not the same as talking to somebody in person. Uh, people seem to clam up on zoom. Um, they seem to know that you're recording or that this has a way of being played back. So guys can't whisper stuff to you like they can in, in normal times. I really hope we get back there because, uh, a big part of being able to do your job as a reporter are those whispers and the off the record things and the, Hey, you didn't hear this from me, but so-and-so is hurting. Or, you know, I can't believe that I got taken out in, in the sixth inning, things like that, that just don't happen uh, in a year like this where everything is over zoom and nothing is one-on-one. You know, the other really hard thing about this is that for you not having access the same way you ordinarily would, I feel like we as fantasy players get a lot less information uh, that would be just observed by being in the clubhouse. Players who are nursing injuries, yeah, maybe whispers on the side, things like that. But I think 
there's missing information when it comes to why did this player struggle as much as he did? Like ordinarily, that's where someone like you comes in with a story or with the tweet or with something that sheds some light on oh, this went horribly wrong and this could be a reason why. So I think it's been really difficult for us on the fantasy side trying to figure it all out. Uh, one player I wanted to ask you about is Victor Robles. Like, I thought Victor Robles was at least going to steal a lot of bases again this year. That that was one of the safest assumptions you could make about a player with that profile. The strikeout rate is up. He walked even less than he did last year, and the slash line was horrible. What went wrong for Victor Robles? I have to ask you because I know you've seen as much Robles as anybody this year. Yeah, this is a great point because, again, if I was in the clubhouse, like you said, he gained about 20 pounds. Now, if I saw him in person, I could tweet and tell you guys, like, okay, it was not all muscle or, okay, he looks <laughs> jacked, right? Um, so instead, you have to rely on the team, which what it would not behoove them to say anything poorly about him adding 20 pounds. They say it's muscle. I watch games on TV or from 900 foot, uh, you know, up above in Nats Park, you know, on level like 18. So you never get close to these guys. So I have no idea if it's good weight or bad weight. What I know is that his foot speed has really dramatically gone downhill. He was unable to get to a lot of balls that he had in previous years. Davey Martinez said his legs looked heavy at times. They benched him. Um, I had scouts who said that his exit velocity has continued to decline, and people felt like if he's going to get bigger and you're going to add weight and you're going to be a little more of a defensive liability, okay, here come the home runs, right? And we didn't see that either. We didn't see the power. We saw him regress in really every facet of the game. And I'm glad you brought him up because to me, I wonder if you're the Nationals, do you look to trade him? Do you look to move him? What is the real problem here? Because he not only didn't take a step forward, he took a, a gigantic step back. And unless it's an injury situation, which it didn't seem to be, the Nats were really kind of ILing everyone once they got out of it the last week or two of the season. So if he's healthy, then what is the deal with Victor Robles? Uh, the plan is for him to play a little bit of winter ball. Uh, the last I checked, that was what the Nationals were hoping he would do. Uh, but again, this is an, an eyes test. This is an example of if I was there, I could say whether or not he actually looked bulkier or if he just put on the quarantine 15 like the rest of us did yeah uh that, that's relatable <laughs> um you know you, you, you mentioned winter ball and maybe it's just you know i haven't come across it but um you know, given that Arizona Fall League, that's been canceled and we have this, you know, sort of makeshift um, instructional league situation. Uh, do you, is winter ball, will that be affected in any way by the uh, pandemic? I don't think so. For I hadn't heard much about it. Obviously, the Fall League, like you mentioned, is a no-go. Um, it seems like guys will still be able to, especially guys who are from those areas, will still be able to participate. Um, I haven't heard much in terms of that getting canceled. I know that some of the people who would regularly go there, like Davey Martinez said he wanted to go to winter ball to see some of these guys. Um, that might not happen this year because of the pandemic. Uh, but it doesn't seem like of all the leagues impacted that winter ball is, is going to be shut down, at least to my knowledge. Yeah. I think the, the kind of related question to that is just what do we make of instructs like we're seeing the most cryptic of tweets from some players who are going to various spring locations uh you know you'll see like a cactus emoji which probably means uh, players going to arizona for instructs and uh, maybe you'll see like a 
a sun emoji, I guess. I don't what's what's like a gator emoji. What do people use to, for Florida? Uh, trash can? Like I, I don't know. I guess people would think that's like going to Houston or something at this point. But what are you hoping to see or learn from Instructs as teams start to work out again in these really contained environments? It sounds like access there is also going to be really limited. And we're talking about a lot of minor league players who didn't have a season. And some of these guys weren't even involved in workouts at alternate sites. So they haven't been seen in months potentially right by the way orange emoji that's what i would use for florida like an orange right good call yeah something that looks like a grapefruit yeah sure. yeah. yeah uh but the nationals have 65 players going to instructional league which is insane um but it, like you mentioned it's it's different because these guys haven't played in a season and we could sit here and debate what really happened at the alternate site Every guy I talked to, not on Zoom, right, said it was horrible. It was a horrible experience. Uh, they were facing the same people over and over. Uh, I talked to one catcher who was like, I spent an hour with the pitchers trying to make them better, and then I turn around and have to face them. And I'm being judged on that. So, you know, it's a weird <laughs> dynamic. I know the Nationals were doing scenarios where it was like, okay, we're going to pretend there's two outs here. And those are not real games, right? This is extended spring training. So the Nationals are having a good chunk of their top uh, 20, 30 prospects go to this instructional league. A lot of these guys did not get full seasons. A lot of them did not even get to go to the alternate site at all. So they had no season. And I think for the Nationals, it's important because their farm system has been pillaged over the years i mean for them to compete every year at the trade deadline except for this season they were trading two three sometimes even more than that prospects to fortify that bullpen and they spent so many years giving and giving and giving now they kind of turned around and realized okay everyone's graduated um i think if you're a nationals fan and you're watching the playoffs you kind of hurt a little bit watching lazardo and gilito who were both nationals prospects that were given away so yes you have that flag from last year yes flags fly forever but in order for them to become a team that doesn't finish in last place and doesn't go 19 and 31 for the third straight year. You have got to figure out how to get that young talent, how to develop them, how to maintain them, how to keep them um, and funnel that big league roster rather than continuing to elevate guys and trade them away. So this is a big instructional league for them. What's unfortunate is the Arizona league. They're all playing each other down there. All 15 teams have agreed to play each other. Well, down in Florida, from what I've told, the Astros aren't sure if they're going to play other teams. They share a complex with the Nationals. I don't know what the holdup would be there. The Mets are still deciding. So right now, the only opponent that the Nationals have on their schedule is the Marlins. They're going to play the Marlins 12 times. Um, I wrote about it for The Athletic yesterday, but they're hoping to add some more teams. You would think, guys, these other organizations would also want in. I know there is a risk with COVID, obviously, um, but also don't you want some of these young guys to get this competition and to not play against their teammates? Um, we've talked about this a lot, Derek. I know with Eno, the the very nature of not trying to pitch inside to guys you know, not trying to hurt guys. Like you, You've got to get these guys into real games. And if you're a, a team like the Nationals or any team, really, see what you have and see whether these guys can actually play or not. It, it's almost impossible to evaluate when you're not in a competitive setting. Yeah, and I'd have to wonder if we would have seen somebody like Luis Garcia if it had been, you know, a normal system with a, a normal minor league system uh, in which for him to uh, to develop. Um, but 
On the other hand, uh, again, not exactly a part of the youth movement, but Andrew Stevenson was certainly a pleasant surprise and uh, maybe uh, could be considered a, a rare bright spot uh, for the Nationals this season. Uh, given the the lack of major league ready uh, prospects in the system, could he play a more prominent role in 2021? I think so. I think you fantasy experts would probably call him a sleeper, right? Like a guy who people really haven't heard of. <laughs> Can you tell I've never played fantasy baseball? Um but he really impressed in a very small sample size, like you said. And what's interesting is usually the old adage in baseball, scouts will always tell you, don't believe September stats, don't believe spring stats. Well, it was only a two-month season this year, so you kind of have to believe September stats to some extent. Uh, I think the Nationals in particular, losing Adam Eaton, uh, they're not picking up an option on really any of these expensive old guys that they have. So I do think they should give Andrew Stevenson a shot to at least be the fourth outfielder. And then if something happens with Robles, if there's an injury, if there's a trade, um, he's a guy who can kind of step up and fill in. I'd love to see what he does over an extended stretch. And I think that's the plan in spring training is to really see what he has to continue to play him every day like they did this year down the stretch when they were already out of it. Um it is such a small sample size. You're hesitant to get too excited, right? About two weeks or whatever that this guy looked like Babe Ruth. Uh, but I think if you're the Nationals and like you said, you don't have anybody coming through that pipeline and you moved Juan Soto already over to right field because you want to fill left field with some of the free agents who might be available. Um, why not have a cheap fourth outfield option in Andrew Stevenson? I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he was above average at AAA in 2019 as well. I mean, a little old for the level, but he's got a little power. He's got a little speed. Seems like at least a good bench outfielder. If he doesn't work out, you could always trade for someone in season for debt purposes too. I think that's a relatively easy get mid-season. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I want to ask you quickly about Carter Keyboom. Tough year for him because yet another shortened season with inconsistent playing time. The plate skills got a bit better than we saw him last year. He struck out less. He walked more. I mean, he started with a 37% K rate last year, so there was really nowhere to go but up. Do you still think, given the way his career has started, that he begins as the favorite to start at third base when we get to opening day in 2021? I think he can't start if the Nationals are trying to win at at third base in 2021. Um, he regressed to some extent offensively. Luis Garcia, as you mentioned, Al, is a guy who probably shouldn't have been up here, but still took that opportunity. Carter Keyboon was a guy who, even before COVID, they penciled in and wasn't able to capitalize at all. They sent him to the alternate site at one point. And they're, you know, he's been okay defensively at third base, but he was supposed to be this big bat of the future. He was the reason they let go of Anthony Rendon, similar to Juan Soto being the reason they let go of Bryce Harper. And he's not Juan Soto. Uh, he's not a power bat. I'm not sure if he's got any plus tool. Um, I think he might be an average big leaguer. And for someone playing third base on a team that needs a middle of the order bat, I don't know if you can get away with him starting at third base. I think what you might do if you're the Nationals is find your power in left field, 
have Starling Castro, who was signed to be your second baseman, move to third base and have Luis Garcia continue to play second base next year. That, to me, seems like a little bit of a better option. I know with Kiboom, they were a little disappointed. He's kind of got a, a low-energy type of player. He never seems super excited. And, you know, not everyone has to be Soto with a shuffle and the smiles and the dancing. Uh, but it did seem very much um, like Carter Kiboom was just not not thrilled to be there. He, You know, he's got bad body language. Like I said, very low energy. And I think he specifically took a step back. And Mike Rizzo talked about some of their young guys kind of taking steps to the side. And I think it was very clear he was talking about Carter Keboom. And even that, a step to the side, I think is being very generous. Well, Britt, uh, on Tuesday's show, DVR and I, we made our uh, LCS picks and our World Series picks. Um, who do you have in the World Series? Oh, gosh. We talked about this earlier, uh, Derek, and now I'm going to have to struggle to remember who I actually had. <laughs> There's so many teams. Um, <laughs> I did have the the Rays Padres, I believe, and I had the Padres winning. Um, I'm going to stick with that because none of those teams are playing yet, so I don't look like a fool quite yet. Um, it'll at least be another day or two before I look like a total fool. So that's what I'm going with. All right. Well, sounds good to me. So, uh, well, Brett, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to join us here and uh, a little bit of a, a different show for us. And, uh, you know, I'd like this uh, offseason, hopefully to get more of this, you know, team specific content. So uh, I, I appreciate you kicking that off for us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And uh, go green. I feel the need to say that on this show of all shows. <laughs> You're the guest. So I will refrain. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave DVR uh, to, to comment or not comment. I've got the edit button. <laughs> there you go. The producer has the power here. <laughs> That's going to be it uh, for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you enjoyed this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we always do appreciate it when you take the time to do that. So for Britt Giroli and Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melker, and we will be right back here on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>